Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase c slash mindgappodcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you would hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. All right, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. And once again, our glorious Justin is out and about. But rest assured, the eagle has landed in Michigan. He's comfortable. His internet is working. And he will be back very soon to cuddle with you. But in the meantime, I have two very special people joining me once again. Both of them are veterans. Both of them great humans. Both of them co-producers on the show. Please welcome back Noah Reno and... Hi, it's great oh, to be fuck back. Me, slutty. Fuck. I, I couldn't find, <laughs> I couldn't find the air horn, so that's what we get. That's what we get instead. <laughs> you know, it's a celebration all of its own. Yeah, it's it a is. huge celebration. So, <laughs> welcome back, guys. Right at the end. It's Thank so you. great to have you back in the house of Mind Gap. Uh, happy to be here yeah i can tell yeah. in your voice it's Thank very it's very there seriously we've got jared says co-producers or co-producers who knows i mean that's really a little bit of both honestly <laughs> it all depends on how you look at it uh but uh noah is uh, uh one of the he, like i say he's been a guest before he also helps with editing our shorts so he's a huge proponent of that <laughs> finding all that stuff wolf is our uh guest booking coordinator so he helps out very much in that front and he's been responsible for many of the guests you've seen on here recently and in the near future he's been a huge he's a big deal both of you guys big deals and i just want to say right now in this moment with an audience thank you for your contributions to mind gap podcast they both gave silent thumbs up which is great for the audio element for which we are performing so very good thank you for the thumbs up (laughs) We're always glad. We'll never stop. Yeah, you'll never stop. So, cool. So before we get started, I want to give you guys an opportunity to, uh, you know, if you want people to follow you on your socials or if you got anything uh, going on personally that you want people to check out, please let them know what's going on. Noah, starting with you. Well, of uh, you can always follow me at, at Noah Reno on Twitter, as well as follow my associate uh, JJ Pogchamp at JJ Pogchamp sixty nine on Twitter, and you can check out a little bit of both of us on at JJ Pogchamp on TikTok. Nice, love it, uh, Wolf. How about you? I'm super easy. Wolf's lore across everything. 
Nice. Except Twitter. <laughs> it's <laughs> that very cool. Good to know. And uh, you stream on Twitch as well, right? At Wolf's Lore? I do. I, I 100%. Uh, right now, we're getting some uh, Destiny 2. The expansion just dropped. And soon, some Elden Ring. Ooh, Elden Ring. Very exciting. Very cool. Go check out Wolf. He's very fun to watch stream. I highly recommend him. All right. Before we get the show rolling, let's get through a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first things first, if you aren't familiar with Fumbling 4 and the Almighty Crit, then fuck you. You should be. It's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast featuring Almighty Crit, who's been a guest on this show. And for Season 2, Episode 1, which is available now, you can listen to that. And uh, Justin and I are guest stars on there, and you get to hear Justin in his first Dungeons & Dragons experience. It's great. We play gremlins named Rut and Root, and uh, it's a real... It's a real treat listening to both of us fumble around and fuck it up in that. So we are in episodes one and two. Episode two will be coming out soon, but you can check out season one. Sorry, season two, episode one available now. Go support the show and uh, listen to us uh, be a bunch of dorks on Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, Also, uh, if you like what we're doing here and you're like, I want to support these guys, uh, then you should uh, check us out on patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. We've got two tiers. We've got a $1 tier and a $5 tier. If you'd like to contribute, either one is grand. And I want to go ahead and shout out the folks who are our Patreon subscribers, starting with this guy who's already on here, which is Wolfslore. Thank you, sir. Uh, Tom McIntyre, Richie Armour, Zenny, Slotty Bartfast, and the Almighty Crit. Thank you so much for contributing to our Patreon. You are the best. Um, if you're also thinking, Doug, man, spending money. You know, I, 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 Patreon's kind of a big commitment. You know, you're not worth a Netflix subscription. I get it. Hey, man, I, I love your merch on redbubble.com when I search for Mind Gap Podcast on there, you know, and everything. But ah, I don't know if I have a lot of money to spend on a really cool hat or a cool T-shirt or a tote bag or a backpack or anything else that you have on there, which is really cool. How can I help? Just hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. That means the world. It costs you literally nothing, and it helps us on our way to getting that beautiful YouTube partnership. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our Discord. There's a link in the description down below in our YouTube uh, description. Uh, come join us. Join us in our channel. You can meet the folks like Noah and Wolf, hang out with us, play video games, shoot the shit. It's a real good time. And also, don't forget to check us out on uh, YouTube. We live stream our podcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central, and we live stream a video game podcast I host every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central. And this Saturday, we're headed back into the dungeon of Dungeons & Dragons, the fantasy board game adventure featuring Justin, Jared, Eric, and Sam, which might be the very last adventure in this entire campaign. They're on the last one. We'll see how they do. We'll see if they can kill the evil Necrotim. I don't know. I just love that name, Necrotim. It's so good. So check us out on Saturday for that as well. That is our housekeeping. And now it's time to turn our attention to the thing that Wolf brought up right before we hit record, and that is... So, Coke released a new flavor, uh, which is Star- Coca-Cola Starlight, which on the can it says it's space-flavored. So I brought up the question, what flavor is space? <sighs> yes. So this is super interesting. And and I'm already thrown for a loop because my, my immediate reaction to this was that the taste was like a blueberry flavor or like some kind of like sweet blue 
But then I go to this article and it says immediately, the first thing it says is the drink is red. (laughs) And so now I have no fucking idea what this soda is. Well, didn't you find some uh, description about how it tasted? I did. This this here says um, uh, press release spokesperson says the starlight flavor has notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire as well as a cooling sensation that evokes the feeling of a cold journey through space that's the official company statement Mm. Mm. well that's fine on their website it uh, specifically says that it tastes like magic yeah so I I don't fucking know what this is I don't get it. There is a zero calorie variant. Um, I don't know what zero calorie space tastes like. It says if you don't notice the s'more flavor at first, don't worry. I didn't either. I thought it had more of a cotton candy or berry essence, but after a couple of sifts, sips, the flavor starts to stand out. What you notice first is a unique cooling sensation in your throat. No, it's not just because it's a carbonated drink right out of the refrigerator. There really is a unique cooling feeling as you drink Starlight, and it seems appropriate for a space-inspired beverage. Gross. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't, it sounds awful. It sounds absolutely but, awful. So the, the undertone is s'mores, but it ha- but it's predominantly berry. <laughs> the two sounds things that go nuts. great together, right? Berries and s'mores. The old classic s'moreberry that we all had around the campfire growing up, right? And it's red. And it's red, apparently. And it's red. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like it. And I love how it's I like, did. the company describes the drink's color as being inspired by the light of the stars. Who comes up with this bullshit? I don't know. I drank a can and it gave me s'moresberries. Ugh. Ugh. Wolf, sick. Wolf, that's uh. I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's I, there's all there's all these limited edition flavors going around. I mean, Pepsi had s'mores for a little bit. They got fucking. I mean, what Coke had like the lime for a little bit too. Like those make sense to a certain degree. You're thinking they these are like things that exist. People like that these things, but. This is so obscure. (laughs) Why not just call it Red Berry Coke or like whatever? (laughs) Do they even have a Raspberry Coke? Have they done that? Because that feels Wolf, let's not let's not put that in the universe, man. I don't think we need to worry about that. Like I don't think that's a good thing. Uh oof. Slotty's like space tastes like dust. Jared's like, feels like a knockoff Dr. Pepper. Slotty goes, oh, so it tastes like menthol campfire cigarette. <laughs> Ugh. Jared says, look, Dr. I'll drink Pepper it. Knockoff Dr. Pepper. But it also feels like they just threw all the flavors together and couldn't figure out a name for it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm almost interested enough to break my nearly decade of not drinking a Coke. You know, I think I'll buy it, I'll drink some, and I'll report back in the Discord. So if you want to stay tuned with that, join the Discord. Yeah, right. <laughs> tell us like about update. Tell us how it changes Starlight Coke. Changes your poop green or some shit like that, because that's what that stuff does. You it know, close in the dark now, guys. Yeah, right. Oh my god. Like oh, by star. the way, in an effort to join the metaverse, like 
countless other brands, you'll be able to scan a bottle of Coke Starlight and experience a digital concert by Ava Max, the singer behind Sweet But Psycho and Kings and Queens. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ. What wow. a segue. What a segue, right? <laughs> I even planned that shit. It's amazing. Because uh, we're also, uh, tonight, amongst other things, we're going to be chatting uh, about the metaverse do you know what the metaverse is world are you familiar because everyone seems to be talking about it at least that's what they want you to think because i'm sure i mean have you heard about it have you heard about the metaverse and it's coming for you they explored in uh, rick and morty something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the metaverse is coming for you guys it's like the tax collector it's waiting outside your door it's hiding under your bed it's in your closet it's in the back of your mind while you're taking a shit. It's right there all around you. It's Facebook. But now it's called Meta. So you better watch out. Um, Meta, you better watch your ass or they're going to come in and they're going to Meta all over you. That's right. They're going to they're gonna get you in the digital cooker. They're going to cook you up. They're going to eat you. Uh, no, not my cyber bits. They're being eaten up. <laughs> Not again. My not cyber again. college just, fund is gone. No, not my crypto laxatives. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, no. So the metaverse, I don't know, lots of brands are sort of jumping on this. It's Facebook's virtual universe. I almost said paradise. That's not what it is. Um, but it is. <laughs> A virtual place where you can go and, uh, I, uh, I don't know, you create your digital clones in the VR world. And for some reason now everyone's like, this is the thing where brands are talking about it. But I don't think anyone, it almost seems like uh, Google Glass. You know, years ago, mm-hmm. Google had that like little thing you put over and it was like over the eye and people got really freaked out because they're like, are you recording it all the time? And he has like an augmented reality. And eventually Google, mm-hmm. you know, scrapped it. But that was kind of the same thing where it's like Google Glass. It's the wave of the future. And then it went away and everyone, all like corporate America is talking about the metaverse. But no, average people are not. So, yeah. Are you just are you just telling me the metaverse is VR chat? I can make an avatar and go and interact with other people? Pretty much, except you got to log in Facebook first to do it. Yeah, you have so. to log into Facebook first, baby. Or I could just go outside it- and talk to people. Yeah. Do we? Do we, though? That's the thing. So the metaverse is originally described, or like when it came into existence with the writing of Ready Player One and some other literature, it was supposed to, it kind of came into this idea of being like blurring the lines between the digital world and the the physical world and like our real world and, and being able to do anything exist in a predominantly cyber mixed reality world. Now, Meta, in in the new Facebook company, because which they only switched it because of like lawsuits and stuff anyway, yeah. so it's all just a fucking scam to begin with. Um, it's kind of this idea of monopolizing the internet, in my mind, where it's like, yes, so we own VR, we own all the digital spaces, let's just combine every digital space so you can do everything digitally. Get groceries, listen to music, hang out with your friends, play games, watch sports, watch concerts. All of this stuff you can do from the comfort of a VR headset or behind a computer. 
And what it what it kind of boils down to with all of that is 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 this idea of a decentralized or centralized digital world. But it's really fucking stupid. <laughs> it's nowhere near ready, but they're pitching it like it is. <laughs> it's it's so silly. Hey, in 20 years, we might be in in a digital multi-dimensional fucking cyber chase. But right now, VR is hardly consumer ready. <laughs> and like the only reason it is is because Facebook made a shitty version. Like the Quest is great. Mm-hmm. The, the the Oculus Quest is an amazing piece of technology. But the fact that it's locked behind owned being owned by Facebook and has no like community driven anything, it's not like open source in any regard. It can't the, the technology can't develop past where it is now. And they're not going to take any risks on the technology because it works now. So that technology is never going to advance very far. Also, isn't it that you before you can even use that, you have to give permission to Facebook to essentially monitor what you're doing in VR? Is that is that a component of that? Yeah. Um, and you and you aren't allowed. I, we talked about this the first time I was on the show is because it, it was right after Facebook purchased Oculus is that you cannot use a fake Facebook account. You have to use like or if they find out they will they'll ban you from the platform. It doesn't matter if you have the hardware or not. So uh, it's just such a goofy it's the the whole thing is goofy and doesn't make a lot of sense because they're they're trying to keep it as vague as possible because they know it doesn't make any fucking sense and it doesn't work if you if you put any kind of thought towards it. So the Wolf, what do you think about the idea of the metaverse? I think we're trying to become too ingrained with the entire like internet and people are trying to rush it because all these movies come out about the future and everybody's like, oh, that would be cool. So they're all like, fuck it, you can do it now <laughs> without being able to actually like do it successfully. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I I just think it's going to come back and bite everyone in the ass when it burns down. Yeah. Is there anything good about this? Like, I mean, I'm trying to just for a moment put a put on my my not Doug hate stuff hat. <laughs> and I'm trying to think so- of <laughs> I'm a huge proprietor of VR. I think VR is an amazing technology that is the future of a lot of the way the world functions. And I and I think that the only thing that's bad about it is that it is not only being commoditized, but it's being corporatized. Uh, because it's not a, because the way it is now, it, it is a commodity. It's it's just in the last two years become uh consumer friendly in the form of the quest and the quest two, which is owned by Facebook and is limited in so many regards. But when it comes to VR at its height right now, people can play fully wirelessly on 90 Hertz, 3 million pixel screens, (laughs) closer to two, like fake 4k, 2k per eye. And you can get full hand tracking. There's VR haptic gloves that are full like finger articulation with 
smart inputs and like the thumbs and stuff you can get suits that you feel the impacts there's leg tracking now there it's like you have all of this stuff already it's but it's not consumer ready and it's super experimental and because it's experimental no more money is going to be thrown at it because who knows if it's a risk or not but there are people out there that are playing vr chat as if it were ready player one like fully immersed like having 30 by 30 like empty spaces in their houses or using their garages or whatever to fully realize the space that they're in and having all of this extra tech to make it even more immersive it's there it just isn't there for everyone it's you know we're a few ways off before they start trying to build us like pods that we can plug into and become part of the internet Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, I mean, for entertainment purposes, yeah, I, I, I you know, I've always hoped <coughs> VR would be good. Yeah, right, Wolf. Go down the wrong hatch no, there. I'm dying. He's dying. <laughs> oh no, poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Um, it it's all good, buddy. I've been there. Um, but you know, because the thing that I dislike about what I've seen is they make it seem like just for non-gaming purposes like this is the wave of the future and i i just i fail mm-hmm. to see it the, the the idea that this is going to be what work is going to be like now mm-hmm. you're going to go and create your digital avatar and go to work and i'm like i really don't see that happening i can't imagine no you know in a corporate environment just being like let me go hop on hey there guys are applications I'm here, to it i'm here i'm here for not. the meeting let me Oh well, look let's throw up my jpeg so we can see what i'm talking about see this and this is because it sounds cool but is it really going to be productive like i don't no, i don't know it does sound cool but then you see the shit that they're marketing and it looks goofy and it is goofy because it's not ready it's just like yeah, it is the the concept of being able to put on a VR headset, work headset, work at your desk, and be able to see all of your people, have your computer screens literally there, and be able to like throw what you're typing on your virtual keyboard in the real world, like up on the whiteboard or whatever. It's all very very cool in theory, but then you see Zuckerberg's AI or like avatar, and you're like, oh no, this is fucking stupid, and we're nowhere near ready. You're like, wait, is that his avatar or is that him? Because they're the same. Oh, because he's a robot. Yeah. Lizard. <laughs> robot lizard. But I mean, it has its cool applications. Like, like know, what, Wolf? Pandemic, like it, what? I was fucking getting there, Doug. <laughs> yeah, could you tell me one thing? Um, Please? So, Anything? So, like... When pandemic hit, I know a lot of uh, comedians use like virtual uh, comedy clubs to host shows and this and that. So it gave them a chance to still sell tickets, make money while allowing people who couldn't go out to still, you know, see entertainers and stuff. So, I mean, there are cool applications to it, but no, we're nowhere near ready (laughs) Yeah, that's that's totally like I used a bunch of during COVID, like virtual Mm -hmm. concerts and virtual comedy shows and stuff because it was there. I I mean, especially like comedy, especially comedy. There was a lot of shows that I was like just the people on stage talking for an hour and a half or whatever. Or even uh, one of them I watched was even on Zoom. But as far as like all this stuff, low key, I think it's just a it's just a tad too much. 
a tad too much. It's a it's it's very strange too because at some point, if this gets to be like so unregulated, wild monopoly, you know, all the all the jargon keywords that I can throw around, uh, the government's going to get involved, and the shit's just going to crumble anyways. This like it doesn't matter how like how perfect the metaverse is because the minute that it starts to interfere too greatly with like the economy at large especially when we get into the realm of crypto and stuff the government's going to get involved and it's all going to be shut down immediately so this trying to sell all this stuff i cannot get past the idea that it's just a way to make a quick buck in the right now and it's just going to be thrown away as soon as whoever makes their money makes their money I mean, I also kind of understand why some of these brands would be throwing their hat in the ring early, right? It's it's trying to make an investment in something. Because yeah. imagine if your brand is one of the first, if you're Coke and you're in the metaverse and you're just interacting with your consumers, like the marketing people just jerk off to that kind of stuff on a regular <laughs> basis. Like, oh, we would have unfettered access. And since this is Facebook, you know, we're going to be capturing all of that data. And we're going to be capturing all of the metrics of how often they interact with and see our content. And they just get super gross in that regard. I know Nike, yeah. I think, has talked about throwing their stuff into the metaverse. And, yeah. and you also mentioned, you know, artists and performing. And that's a big thing now in this article that was ringing that like uh, Cardi B, Michael Buble, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, like just essentially are hosting concerts in the metaverse mm -hmm. where yeah i think in some aspects that's kind of cool because like for example the home team who was on the show not that long ago they performed in chicago last week i couldn't go and i really wish i could have and a part of me was like you know would have been nice to see them perform you know if even if it was just in the metaverse or some shit like that like it would have been kind of cool to be there and interact with them in some regard. But at the same time too, I'm like, what is that really like? How's that different for me? Just watching a live stream, a really well right. put together live stream of them performing. So that's where, I, that's where I come from with it. Is that like putting things under the guise of the metaverse is just, is just the way to, and I keep saying it is to feed into the monopoly that Facebook is trying to create. Like that's all it is because there are virtual concerts and there are virtual in, like comedy shows and there's virtual get togethers and all this shit exists. It's the same thing. That's like crypto is like, is like people are trying to pitch like crypto literature. It's like, yeah, that's a PDF. Like this shit exists. You're just trying to commercialize it. And that's and like, we have seen some of these like experiences and I, and Fortnite is the big thing because Fortnite did the uh, like the Ariana Grande concert and uh, like a couple other concerts. And they did like the, the trailer for the Force Awake or the Rise of Skywalker. And like there's like a lot of those things that have kind of been experiments in their own right that I could totally see being whatever comes next for the metaverse uh like virtual concert stuff like it it kind of works like if you if you look at it from the outside there and that shit was free like just because fortnite makes so much money no that's a good point i love it too because uh richie from you haven't heard this music uh podcast says there's no atmosphere <sighs> in those worlds it's not the same there's i don't think there's really any way to replicate going 
to a live show. Like you can oh, get no. as close as possible, but the idea of being there and experiencing that is just I, I don't know. And I also got to wonder from the perspective of the artist. I mean, I'm sure the the paycheck is nice, right? But I mean, yeah, I don't even right. know what they're doing on their end to perform live. Mm-hmm. Are they just in some sort of studio somewhere doing whatever they're doing? Like it's I, I don't know. I, I would like to think maybe if you're at that level where you're like, whatever, man, I perform, I get <laughs> cut me the check. It's all good. But I can't imagine it's super exciting to perform in the metaverse. But I don't know. I I can I can see it just being like a 360 camera in the middle of a crowd. Right. <laughs> it's just live streaming from a 3D camera or 360 camera. Right. And I was going to say, there's definitely no way. As somebody who's done a lot of concert hopping and loves music mm-hmm. festivals, I don't know how many times I've like been hit in a mosh pit accidentally. I'm not, you know, it's not that atmosphere. <laughs> I'm no. not getting sucker punched in <laughs> online. And they're like, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying it's horrible. It's part of the atmosphere. You're in the mosh. Everybody's going wild. There's so much energy. There's so much movement. You, you catch a flying elbow on occasion. But there's something so like great about it, even when you do. It's just like, yeah, everybody's amped just like me. Adrenaline's mm-hmm. kicking in. <laughs> yeah, and... I actually, for a little while, for a couple of years, I was part of a team that was out in California that was trying to revolutionize the virtual concert. And this was before, way before COVID. This was like my first year of college. And we came across a lot of really interesting shit with that. That's like, how can you try to get as close as possible to replicating the, vir- like the concert experience virtually on and, you know, it starts with setting up a camera, getting the live stream shit together, maybe having a live chat so that people watching from home can, like, talk to each other and whatever. And then, I mean, the natural next step is going is putting in VR, but not everybody has VR. And and there's some really cool shit in VR, too. Like, there's the big screen uh, app that's like you can watch movies on a movie screen in movie seats next. And there's other people in there. You can talk to them and there's a chat and stuff. And all that stuff is great, but one, you're still in your own home, right? You're still going to be able to hear the outside sounds from around you. You're still going to be in your chair, on your couch, whatever. And there is just a difference between being at a concert where things are hot and everybody's hype and the bass is blasting in your ears versus a tailored experience at home because you're going to be able to adjust the volume. You're going to be able to take the headset off and go piss. Like This is just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, I'm sure even from a performer standpoint, there's something different, you know, looking upon the people. And if you have just like a type chat where people can talk to each other and be hype about kind of, oh, are they playing this song? Yeah. There's always that move, you know, that they do where they're all like, you know, I want to hear, you know, this song sing along or whatever. And then they hold the thing out mm-hmm. and there's that energy of everybody. Same lyrics. You yeah. Know? I was just at a that. I was just at a concert yeah. and they did that. The guy literally sn- slapped the microphone and it spun around to face the crowd. And it was fucking awesome. And it's like <laughs> even and I'm I'm literally like this entire time I'm picturing this from the perspective of there's still a live concert happening. Like right. there's still a, a like a band playing in front of a crowd. But that is not what the metaverse will will be. Like that like it won't be that. There won't be a full crowd around you and you won't have people around. There won't even be an option to do it live because that defeats the purpose. If you want to do it live, just do a live concert. Yeah. 
I love how Richie says nothing uh, beats getting a pint glass of piss being thrown in the air and landing on your head. Like that's that's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Replicate that in the living room and uh, the missus goes fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, I'd Honestly, love to. Yeah. drenched. I, I again, I can appreciate it in theory and on paper. It makes sense. Like how can you sort of allow these experiences to exist in another format that is inclusive. Cause really that's the best thing I can take from it is, Hey, buy a digital ticket. There's unlimited space. Maybe, I don't know. Like there's probably a lot of space you can go and you can hang out. It won't be the same experience. So I think we can all agree. There's nothing like this. It would be, there's nothing like if the three of us were sitting in a room right now doing the podcast, like that energy mm -hmm. is different than us doing it digital. Like there's something about physically being there, which is why to some extent, I hate to admit this, like the metaverse for work kind of makes sense for the sake of collaborating, being able to somehow engage with someone else and have some semblance of human connection is good for collaboration, but that's about it. Standard meetings, they can exist via phone, Zoom, or whatever. But I think there is some there are some elements here that are good. But I'm wondering also if the younger generation, if this, if they don't mind, if this is something, yeah. if they're growing up with this, if they're used to stuff in Fortnite and things like that, and with the pandemic locking stuff down, are they more like, hey, this is our world now, I'm cool with this? Because, I mean, look at the people that are performing. It's not necessarily, although Michael Bublé, I mean... That guy will get yeah. uh, get the older <laughs> ladies to drop the trousers because that's what they're wearing is trousers. Probably the onesies with the little button in the back too. They'll drop them and open those up, you know? Yeah. For the poop. Yeah, and, bloomers. and I do just want to say that like it's not – this is overly negative, especially from my end just because I'm upset that like I'm, I'm such a VR guy. And this is really, really fucking shitty as far as like what Facebook is doing specifically. But that is not to say that I am hopeful for the future. I think that this technology is good to be developed. And I think that it needs to be developed and it needs to be pushed forward. And, and it, I believe that it can advance human civilization to some extent. We're just not there now. And it's the pretending that I don't like. I agree. I, there's the corporate tentacles that are almost like also echo chamber here like they're the ones that are like this is a, this is the future it's like the uh dallas cowboys being like we're america's team yeah we're the america's team of dallas cowboys it's like you gave yourself that title no one voted that to you just bestowed <laughs> that upon yourself for marketing purposes eat shit and so there's there's a lot of and you know with facebook and zuckerberg being involved there's already a stink about it that i don't like yeah and uh, Slotty says it's corporate hentai. I totally agree. It's just there's a lot of seediness and there's a lot of grime on the top of this already. And I just don't trust it. And yeah. I would love to I would love for someone to show me an innovation of this where I, where it would where it would get me excited to be like, you know what? I think I should invest in this and get this because right now I'm like, I don't give a shit that Coca-Cola <laughs> is putting their that Nike is putting their stuff in the metaverse. I don't give a shit. Like, why would I, as Doug, Doug, uh, practical Doug, want to use this? Because right now, uh, you know, uh, I, I ain't impressed. Yeah. 
not not yet. Not yet. That's right. Uh, speaking of unimpressed, uh, Noah, is Overwatch 2 out yet? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because Blizzard sucks. <laughs> and that is that is just to say that um, Blizzard does suck. And uh, we should be down with the corporations and all that. But I'm super excited for Overwatch 2. Thing is, it's just a fucking mess. They announced that shit first year of COVID. And they were like, yep, Overwatch 2. Everyone at that time thought, oh, why? <laughs> Overwatch doesn't need a sequel. <laughs> Just make more content. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? A uh, year goes by, and they reveal more content. It's like, okay, it makes sense as to why this is a sequel now, because there's so much more stuff. Then year three comes around, and Overwatch 1 has gotten no new content. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, actually, this sucks. Um, and there's still no end on the horizon. Uh, no fucking idea when this game is going to come out. But uh, according to the internet, Microsoft bought them. Everything should be okay now. Everything <sighs> yeah. should be okay, Noah. One, Bobby Kotick still works there. Two, right. uh, and he's the reason why all this shit is fucking down the drain to begin with. Tell people and who two, don't know, like, what's who's who's Bobby Kotick's? Like, what's he, so, what's so he all Bobby, about? Bobby Kotick's is the CEO of Activision Blizzard. And... Um, is the is just like an as just a scum shithole human he i mean he's just a fucking he's a fucking corporate guy he's the ceo um and he's done a lot of shitty things to women he's done a lot of shitty thing to all of his workers he's fucking a big supporter of a lot of really bad things and policies and the other stuff um and he's also actively done things at activision blizzard that have put a lot of their games behind, including Diablo, which I'm really excited for fucking Diablo 4. And <laughs> this shit is like, I, there's a lot of Blizzard games I'm excited to play. And he's like, actively is like, okay, he's gone to Team 4, which is Overwatch's development team, and said, all right, guys, do this project. They spend months on this project. He said, never mind. <laughs> and cuts it from the game. <laughs> and, and they're union busting, like Slotty said. They are actively union busting. And Microsoft buying Blizzard, I think, is a good thing. A lot of other people think it's bad, but nothing is going to change for at least a year. And so it doesn't matter, like, where we are now, because it's, it's right. where we are now is going to be where we are for, for the foreseeable future. Um, it's just this game. Like, so many people have left Overwatch teams. So many people have left Blizzard since all of this happened. Production has just slowed the fuck down. And the game was, like, nowhere near ready, clearly, when the, when the game was announced. And now they're saying that Overwatch League, the competitive esports uh, league that plays Overwatch every year for like half the year, like they go all the way up until August or whatever, and they start in May. This year it starts in May. So they're supposed to be playing on Overwatch 2, but they don't have the game yet. And nobody has seen anything of the game yet other than what they have shown. And like, we just don't know. Like, it's just a complete fiasco, this entire thing. What do you, let's, what would it take when Overwatch 2 comes out to make all of this be like it was worth it? What about the games just, do you guys just think? That it, just, it just needs to be good. In like, what yeah, way? Like, truly, what, what would, because, I mean, what, what? It needs it, to feel like Overwatch. That's, and that's the concern is that it might not even do be that. Because Overwatch is a great game. It's a, it was a perfect game. Like, it, it, one of my favorites. An incredible game. 
I, I will I will play devil's advocate there. It was a perfect multiplayer game. They mm-hmm. had the co-op kind of bits that were kind of story oriented, which were yeah. really cool. But the big selling point for uh, Overwatch 2 was this campaign that they were adding in that was supposed to tie this universe together. Really? So, you know what? It's I'm funny. Hoping, yeah. You're talking about campaign because honestly, I know Overwatch originally was going to be an MMO RPG. And then they're like, ah, because they have such a developed world and story and these characters are amazing. And it feels like to me that so much of that is lost on the gameplay itself, which is essentially six versus six shoot 'em up. And and yet you have this incredible lore behind all of it. And you've seen some of these short films that they put out with these things, which are absolutely amazing. And my brother mentioned to me recently what a missed opportunity to watch Blizzard squander the story in the world of Overwatch and then to see Arcane by League of Legends yeah. come out and absolutely wreck everyone's buttholes because it's such a good show. You should watch this show on Netflix mm-hmm. available now. Sure. It's so good. good. How dare Blizzard let Riot do that for League of Legends when they have at their disposal an amazing world with characters that, I mean, I still go back and watch the Genji Hanzo short film from time to time. I love the Reinhardt one. The I, Reinhardt, it's, man. It gets, it get, even the Bastion one is kind of boring, but there are moments in that where I'm like, holy shit, like this is a living, breathing universe. Yeah. We could get a show out of this and they're like, nah. Yeah. Nah. Well, and yeah. the goat of Overwatch shorts is the Doomfist one. That's the animated, uh, like almost anime style where it's like, dude, Netflix, pick up the Overwatch anime because that shit would be the most fire thing. Like it doesn't need like I know that that that's a lot of production. I know it's very expensive, but they have the fucking money. And like it's so it's just it is a cool world. I just I just. I know the entire lore of Overwatch. Like, it's a game that it's a world that I really fucking love. It's a game I really fucking love, dude. But- I mean, they have such great themes, like dealing with the idea of robots. Are they less than yeah. humans? Like, it's got some Matrix qualities in there. It's it's got so much. I mean, the whole shit that happens on the moon with the lunar colony. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got there. Oh, it's just it goes. It's so rich. And their world and the characters are so enjoyable. And you have like three generations. Yeah. Like, because you have Overwatch where, where it starts. And then you have Overwatch when it's not Overwatch anymore. And then you have new Overwatch, which is like some of their kids or grandkids. Yeah. It's like, it's such a fucking awesome, unique world. And yeah. they've set up all these characters we haven't even seen yet. Like, I know one yeah. of my friends, they're like, I want to see the Junker Queen. They keep talking mm-hmm. about them. We only know two of the Junkers, really. Uh, Roadhog, Junkrat. Mm-hmm. And there's so many more that are alluded to. It's this entire civilization. Where are they? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just said not like that. I mean, you got uh, what's his name now? It's not McCree. McCree is a dirty word. Cassidy. 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 What a cool character, right? Cassidy's yeah. cool. Soldier 76. Uh, I mean, come on. There's the talking ape, Winston. What's going on with mm-hmm. that? There's the goddamn dribble in the ball. The ha- I the mean, hamster, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lucio. 
God, I'd love to see uh, Johnny Cruz, man. I'd love to see him do some more voice mm-hmm. acting and knock that shit out of the park. I, it's just, what a and, fucking waste. And that is a hope I have for Overwatch 2 because it is that they have an entire campaign now that they've made. And it's like a co-op, like Diablo-esque PvE. And that looks great. It does look like a lot of fun. And I think that's going to be that's gonna be a, a huge part of the game. But it it still has to feel like Overwatch. It still has yeah. to be the killer multiplayer game that it was when it first came out. And I, they've just made so many changes and uh, all this. Really, if they want to keep hype alive, if they don't want their game to fucking die on arrival, they just got to fucking communicate. I know that a lot of stuff is going on internally with Blizzard. But they just aren't giving us anything. The last thing we heard from Overwatch team was in September at the Overwatch League finals. And since then, they have said, we're going to start communicating more. Nah, fam. And they just haven't. <laughs> and it's so, it's terrible. Because people want the game to be good. There's so much copium in the air. <laughs> <laughs> but there just isn't anything to grab onto. And they're like, leaks have come out. And, and the developer conference that they had where they they got in touch with a bunch of the community creators and stuff and even like the the guy who has an in at blizzard that leaks everything overwatch said no guys i'm not gonna leak this one i'm just gonna let them handle it and like everybody was like oh shit we got good news coming that was two months ago and the game is supposedly being played in two months i just don't know i feel bad for the guys doing the overwatch league right they're pros and it's like what what are you gonna be doing i like i like are we gonna be playing the same same game. Are we getting the new well, one yet? Like, what do we? Because because so, what's you told me? There's a huge yeah. difference between yes. Overwatch One and Overwatch Two. So, so Overwatch Two, every character is different, and instead of having two tanks, there's only one tank. So it's five v five instead of six v six. And what they're doing now, according to the Florida Mayhem coach, which is just one of the one of the Overwatch League teams, um, they're playing on what's called a workshop game mode, which is a community made game mode that you play in overwatch one that basically just removes one of the characters and has all of the changes that have been confirmed as well as some of the predicted changes for what's going to happen in overwatch two just based on information that they gave us and stuff which some of which might not even be correct (laughs) and and that's what they're scrimmaging on and it's so and i went in and i fucking played it and it's like okay this is terrible. Like I, they can't play the game like this, but it, it even came to some of our, like the collective overwatch communities, like thought that maybe they are going to play the first couple matches in the, the league on overwatch one in this workshop mode. Like it's not completely impossible that they do this. What would be the real world? Not that this isn't the real world, but let's like let's take it out of the esports esports mm-hmm. world and think about like let's put it with like football, right? Mm-hmm. Would it, would you equate to this like all right, we've got a new ball that's coming. All right, you're gonna need to know how to throw it and how to kick it, and it's gonna be coming, and it's coming out in time in August for preseason, and it's like you know June. And people are like, hey, when's this new ball? We're, we're you know, we're going through some like it, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Like, so do we keep running our plays with the so old ball like, or do we get the new ball? It's like they it's like hockey. If hockey was like, OK, there's not a goalie anymore and there's going to be two people that are going to be assigned the pseudo goalie role. But we're not going to tell you which which player uh, is that role. 
That's right, because you're also like, hey, instead of 11 players in the field, you're now going to have nine. But mm-hmm. we that hasn't fully gone to effect. We're like, hey, man, we can't really design plays around nine when we normally have 11 on the field. So when's this going to happen? They're like, of, it's coming. Two of your guys are going to move faster. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no more CC. Uh, yeah, and, all, and, and also uh, right. there's no more heels. So there you go. Like... <laughs> Whoever's a normal healer is not a healer changing. anymore. Yeah, right. There's just a lot changing with the game. And and the fact that we haven't seen any of it yet not is a good really sign. nuts. Worrying. Yeah. Jeremy made a good point. He heard esports is coming to the Olympics as an exhibition event, which I think is fascinating. I actually think I saw someone <clears throat> post a TikTok. Actually, Jared, I think you sent that to me now that I think about it. Um, and the games that they're playing are kind of... It's, it's funny because I think the TikTok was talking about... Um, I think League of Legends might be one of them, mm-hmm. and like League CS:GO, maybe Valorant, COD. I can't remember all of them, but it's it's he, he goes. It's funny. He goes. Imagine you've never seen the Olympics before, and you turn on the Olympics and you see skiing. You could be like, I can figure out what this is. They yeah. got their foot in these things. They're they're sliding down the slopes. Or if you're watching badminton or whatever, you can figure it out. He goes, now he switches to League of Legends. Try to imagine a casual person look at this and try to figure out what in the fuck is going on. Like, just, just is this really the representation you want to expose people to this content? This Is this really oh, what you want to do? <laughs> no. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know. Oh, the entire Activision Blizzard thing is a mess right That's now. Right. And Overwatch team is being hit especially hard. Because of this sequel thing. Yeah. I think it's the drought. I mean, if they were to have announced the game five years ago and still like had half the team devoted to Overwatch one, I think we'd be in a completely different world or or at least give us the Overwatch two update and then release the PVE later or something like that. I think it'd just be it'd be completely different. It's just that we've not had any new content for Overwatch since Echo came out. And that was like. 2020 or Jesus like Christ. early 2020. I haven't played this game as much as you guys have, and, and that is a while ago when Echo came out. That was a long time. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, actually, Slotty <sighs> mentioned that Hearthstone's going to be in the exhibition, which honestly, I mean, is that the most exciting game to watch? No, but I've played enough deck builders that that kind of makes sense in some regard. Yeah. But again, some average person being like, what's this orc doing fighting this? this night elf i don't uh, what is this like it could be kind of confusing if give me a pokemon training no 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 let's guys <laughs> give me come a on. world of warcraft battlegrounds <laughs> hey now we're talking arena yeah. Oh, yeah let's do that shit right the ro- give me the roguelike olympics <laughs> it's like just whoever can get farthest yeah right dude well, there's got to be battlegrounds in there right Apex or yeah. some shit has to be in there because oh, that's yeah. a true Olympic sport, you know, right? Yeah, truly. The Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. That's got to be. You know be what? It. We want to make it even crazier and lose people like in an even more bizarre way. Let's just do a speed running competition in the Olympics. There, oh, hey. <laughs> that could record. totally be a category, right? They do that yeah. every year. They do the speed run for, yeah. I think, uh, charity Dude, or some I, shit. The Mario yeah, 64. I love, uh, awesome games done quick. Yeah, right. Um, you could do uh, Sea of Thieves, right? That'd be great for the Olympics, you know? I mean, well, they're they're actually closing the arena mode, which is like the, the pirate on pirate mode. Uh, I love I me some the, pirate on pirate action. Otherwise. I love it. I love it when you just get the, the pirates. They're just 
going after each other, and then you're like, "Yo ho!" The top result in his search history: pirate right. and pirate action. Pirate and pirate okay, action. Okay. Plus, I told you that in confidence. Poop deck. That's that's definitely <laughs> where it's at. You know. Yeah. Yar, there goes his blowhole. Arr, we got him off the port starboard side. He's going to go shoot himself out the motherfucking cannon like a madman. Land on the other team's ship, blast his asshole with a blunderbuss, and then he's gonna hop off, get back on us. We're gonna down the anchor. We're gonna fuck this shit up, and we're gonna blast him all the way to timber me shivers. Arr. Oh my gosh, look out the starboard side. There's some tentacles. They be coming in. It's the Kraken. The Kraken. Unbutton my shirt. I'm going in, boys. I'm about to make love to a megalodon. I don't like that. Unless That's the part of the game like I hated. How we play and the callouts are. So when we say back to ship, it's not a drill. Back to ship. This is not. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Sea of Thieves, it's uh, pirate on pirate action. That's all you need to know. And uh, pirate on pirate. That's right. That's right. So good. Uh, so last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, the new show that's coming out to Disney plus, uh, in March is that I should probably, you know, the guy that does research, is it March or is it, or is April? it May? It might be, it might be May. Uh, it is March 30th of this year. March 30th. Uh, Moon Knight soon. comes to Disney plus very, very soon. And, uh, I know next to nothing about Moon Knight. I know that Oscar Isaac oh, is playing the titular Moon Knight. Um, I think Ethan Hawke's in it as well, which is pretty dope. He's a cool dude. Um, but other than that, I know nothing about this character, who he is, what he does, but Wolf Slor is a bit of an expert. So Wolf, Noah, you've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer. Wolf, what are your initial thoughts on the trailer, and what do you hope um, to see from the show? So, it looks like they're almost going with their own. Where's your mic? Line. Where's your mic, Wolf? I can't hear you. It's it's right there. There it is. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, it looks like they're doing their own spin with everything mm -hmm. right now. Um, from what we've seen, um. Uh, he's referred to as Steven so far. Um, it could be one of his personalities. Moon Knight's actual name is Mark Spector. Spoiler alert, there's multiple personalities. Yes. It, it is very heavy about uh, character illness, um, which it's always been a thing. He has a dissociative identity disorder, uh, DID. Um, and depending on who's writing him, sometimes it's even schizophrenia. Uh, even to the point in recent years, it's not even sure he's an avatar of a god. He might have just made it all up while he was dying in a desert. Um, but, uh, and it looks like a lot of it from what we've seen first looks and uh, the trailer have been in a museum where he seems to kind of get his powers, which is super different as well from uh, mm -hmm. what the origin story is. So it seems like they're going in a different story. I just keep, hope they keep the heart of the character. It's very heavy on the mental illness. He's a very uh, brutal character as well. He's not a hero per se. He stops crime, but he is about... Um, he's more Red Hood than Batman. A lot of people compare him to Batman. Mm -hmm. It isn't a fair just um, judgment, I don't think. 
they have similars, but it's just like calling every gadget superhero. Oh, they're a Batman. Yeah. I mean, you could say that about Black Panther, honestly, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's not fair. And he's very more brutal. He very much marks them and he'll brutalize them, chop off fingers, leave them with gashes. And he's like, you'll remember me. You'll fear me. Don't commit crime again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm just hoping the action's good it's brutal i'm interested to see what rating they've given it i don't think yeah. we've gotten an actual rating yet and i just kind of hope they stick with the heart of the character tvy7 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. so, so one thing i noticed with it is that uh is that mark specter is like is like kind of like a bat like a bruce wayne or a tony stark he's like a rich kind of like no. philanthropist guy not original. Is he not? No, he's actually a mercenary. One of his personalities after he comes back to New York, after he's left for dead and gets his powers, is a, a stockbroker mm. that um, he takes all the monies he saved being a mercenary. He throws it into the stock mar- market and he wins big. He gets millions right. back off of it. Okay. And he uses that to make his gadgets. But no, he's never right. been like the billionaire playboy, Tony Stark-esque type. Okay. Well, I was, I, that's just to say that in this, he seems kind of like broke. And the, his powers do not, yeah. or his his suit and stuff specifically comes from the god, not from him like having the money to make it. What's that face? Jared goes he marks them like Batman yes just like Batman Um, well because because they because he is called Mark at one point in the trailer like it's like that's the kind of hint at the multiple personalities. as the lady on the phone is like Mark I thought you were dead and he's like why'd you call me Mark that accent he does too is really interesting it it is he he said something about it he said it's weird on purpose yeah it's not he he, it's not it's just a bad accent it's not he totally (laughs) just bailed on it um yeah i don't know much about it it's it's interesting it's only six episodes i feel like every Mm -hmm. show since wandavision has slowly become one less one less one less and they're getting shorter and shorter which isn't necessarily a bad thing like you know they do a good job containing that stuff i think uh in short little little bursts um but I'm curious, like, again, like, it's it's a brand new character. I remember when it was announced, some yeah. people were losing their minds and like, Moon Knight. I'm like, I don't know anything about Moon Knight. And I have a feeling that that's kind of what a lot of the stuff with Marvel is going to be in the near future is going to be sort of being introduced to some characters that are maybe to the masses. Because, I mean, let's face it, Guardians of the Galaxy, no one knew who the fuck they were when they were released. It's like, who? What? Where? What? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see... Um, what that's like is also Oscar Isaac, man. He's a busy dude to be like, you're committing to this character now. Hop yeah, on. Well, that's that was that's, that's kind of something episodes. interesting. Yeah. And, and it's like, I, who knows how much this ties into the universe more. It's just could just be for the sake of more world building, too, because, I mean, from the trailer, there's a lot of fucking British people and we see the double decker bus. This takes place in London. Like this is not in New York, maybe or America at large. Not confirmed. So as far as as far as I can tell, not confirmed. But <laughs> there's a lot of British people. He's British. Yeah. Double decker bus. It's London, and it, I don't know if he gets to America. I mean, that's like a, that's a big part of the character. Is he comes to New York and like it's, sets up in New York too. But 
who knows? Who knows if, if this is going to follow that plot line and if he's just going to be London's hero and we're going to get more Earth shit later down the line. Well, according to well, uh, Wikipedia, November 2019, Feige stated that after introducing Moon Knight in the series, the character will cross over to the MCU films. So hold on to your well, butts. Okay. And that's what I'm exciting for. He's he's a fun character. Um, one of my favorite fun Yeah, he sounds like a real hoot. <laughs> There's a comic where he uh, completely Joker-esque rips off his uh, villain's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, one of my favorite <laughs> lines referring to him is actually from Taskmaster, who he goes, uh, if there's one fighting style I wish I never learned or have to copy in the future, it's Moon Knight's. That guy would rather uh, take a punch or get stabbed to set himself up for his next attack than dodge it. And it'll get me killed one day. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's a super cool character. I, I'm very curious to see how they make it work. Because so far, we've only seen two of like, or we've only been alluded to two of the personalities. Rather than uh, what, we, what he has like four. Right. Ish. Yeah. And so it's like, who? how far does this go? They're really playing into like, I think they are kind of playing into that schizophrenia angle, like on top of the multiple personality disorder. That's like, this guy is so fucked up. Like this guy has no idea what's real. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a really interesting angle. And, and maybe I'm, I'm hoping that it's a little, it's a little brutal. I don't think it's going to get the R or like the TVR, but I, I do hope that they, that they kind of get, get to the edge of that. Considering it's on I, Disney Plus, I don't think it's going to get that R. So, well, yeah. I'm wondering if they're doing, um, if they're going to introduce him into the more supernatural side. One of his big villains, other than the Bushman, who's the mercenary that left him for dead, uh, Dracula shows up a lot in his. The Wolfman shows up a lot in his. There's one of the memes that goes around that's been shopped in about uh, Dracula, you big fucking nerd. Where's my money? As he storms into his <laughs> castle. I don't, I don't know if I like this anymore. I don't know if I. Uh, well, we do that. That figure that he's like punching the shit out of in the trailer is definitely a wolf person. Oh yeah, he he originally it, appeared in the '80s as a enemy for uh, Wolf at Night, which was part of their um, like spinoff Supernatural line. It's it's big Supernatural vibes. Well, what I gotta yeah. say is I love the idea of exploring. You know the concept of what's real and what's not. I've kind of always been drawn to you know like Jacob's Ladder. Um, you know, was it the the Mouth of Madness? Um, any sort of story or concept where you kind of, as the narrator, like you're you're questioning whether or not the narrator is understanding what's real because I find that fasting also terrifying <laughs> at the same time. The idea that. Right now, there's someone uh, in my extended family that is kind of going through this. Um, they are they've been in the hospital for a couple months now, and they're struggling right. right now a lot with reality. Like they they don't know what's real. My dad went through something similar when he was in the hospital. He was telling me these ridiculous stories about what he thought was happening to him. He's like, <laughs> he kept calling his doctor Hitler. Um, and he's, and he was, he goes, they were wheeling me down to the basement 
and they were torturing me. I'm like, dad, this place is one level. Like there's no basement here. Like it's, it's a hospital, but in his mind that was happening. Like that, that was, that was, and that is both fascinating and terrifying to me. I think the idea of losing your sanity or losing your concept of what's real has to be one of the most stressful things, especially if you know that it happens and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, because I never really understood what schizophrenia was. And so I watched a documentary a few years ago where someone goes, basically, you see shit that's not there. And I think there was a guy who, who was going through it who's like, he was driving and he looked at his rearview mirror and he swear he just saw Satan sitting in his back seat. And he's like, this isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. Or uh, just the idea of you would just see stuff. No one else would see it. And you're like, am I crazy? Is this happening? And it's got to be really intense. And I don't know that, that, that element of this, which I didn't really know anything about with Moon Knight could be interesting just to, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, there is a, a really cool show starring Jonah Hill and Emma Stone called Maniac. Mm-hmm. That is basically just like it's been regarded as one of the best like looks at schizophrenia and like what that is actually like for a person. But like, of course, dramatized and yeah. for the sake of entertainment. Um, but I watched the first couple episodes of that. Uh, I didn't manage to finish, but I might one day do that. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but it was, it's super fucking interesting to just like, especially like you said, know that like something is wrong, like being like being aware at all times that what you could be seeing is not real and how like fucked that is. Yeah. I can only imagine the strain you put on yourself, on your family, on your loved ones in just, just, you know, cause imagine one of the things you, you fear the most, right? Let's just say it's spiders, right? And there's just a giant spider. You look over to your left, you're at work, and just sitting in the cubicle is a giant spider just hanging out. And you're just like, ha, ah, ah. And your boss comes by, he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, ah, I'm good. And it's just sitting there, just just in the in the cube. And you're like, did we hire a new guy? I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah, it'd be horrifying. Uh, And that's like an interesting thing, too, is like it's not just seeing things, but it's fully experiencing things. And like like I I've never had any I've never heard any firsthand accounts of things like that, but like fully realize, you know, like a realized headspace of like being taken to another room and people that don't exist doing things to you in a different place than the place that you're in. Like I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. And that's fucking terrifying. It is fucking terrifying. And uh, I think that I think that with this show, we're going to see maybe some of that, especially because like he's awake and he's asleep. And like when he's asleep, he's a different personality or like what he thinks is when he's asleep is a different personality. But like he's going and doing crazy nighttime crime fighting shit. And he's like he's wakes up and he's like is seeing people dying around him or he's like in danger or like shit has happened to people don't, that he doesn't know are like calling him and like shit has happened. Like how fucked that is, especially if you don't know that those things are actually happening or not. Also, oddly enough, he's not a nighttime superhero. He beats the shit out of people in plain day. Then why is his name Moon Knight, Wolf? Because uh, the av- the god that he's become the avatar of is uh, one of the god of the moon and vengeance. So his uh, 
powers in certain runs are controlled by uh, the phases of the moon. Are you sure he's not Batman? If he's vengeance? I am vengeance. Because I, I, think, I think literally in the last trailer, <laughs> he's ven- Batman says, I'm vengeance. So Even Catwoman like calls him vengeance. She's like, what's up, Catwoman vengeance? Calls him vengeance? I think if he's canonically vengeance, then Moon Knight is Batman. You know right, what? Thanks for having me on the pod, guys. That sounds <laughs> like a real practical answer to uh, to that little conundrum. And so that sounds like it's time for... You got the questions, we got the answers. All you do is ask. Practical, 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 ask practical, duh. Booyah Kasha, it's that time again for Ask Practical Doug, which is a little Doug that lives inside my head and gives me practical solutions to problems. And uh, if you have a question for Practical Doug, all you got to do is head over to any of MindGap's social medias at MindGap Podcast, shoot us a question, hashtag Ask Practical Doug, or join our Discord, hop in the Ask Practical Doug channel, drop your question, and I'll answer it, or tune in live, and perhaps... You might get your question answered. This week, we've got a question from Slotty, because I think the rest of these are pretty much Slotty at this point. <laughs> They're all from Slotty. <laughs> save for one. And the one I wanted to, to pull up here, since normally I don't get to choose these, I figure I would pick these, is uh, Slotty posted uh, this, this this statement in, in, in the Discord. It says, NASA just hired 24 theologians to assess how the world would react if we discovered alien life, this is in fact a false story. This was taken out of context. It's not true. Uh, and he says, and I have a feeling that this uh, subplot in the season, fi- this is the subplot in the season finale of 2021 is planting the seeds for the main storyline of 2022. Um, so what I find interesting about this would be like, let's say this was true, right? That NASA was like, hey, we're hiring, you know, they just make a broad statement. We're getting the 24 theologians to come in here to help talk to us about, you know, what we would do if we discovered alien life. Um, and I've, I've talked about this a couple of times in some podcasts, like what, how would the world react if we found out that aliens were real? And... I want to start with Wolf, even though this is Ask Practical Doug. I don't want this just to be me talking for the next hour, because this is what's going to be. Strap in. Wolf, if the world realized that aliens were real, definitively, undoubtedly, it's real, how do you think they would react? And what should we do You know about? what? At, at this point, I don't think we'd give a damn, because... At the beginning of uh, COVID and kind of a few months after that, uh, they unclassified uh, some documents that said there are UFOs that we have no fucking clue what's going on about. (laughs) And the world went, huh, that's interesting. Cool. And we just moved on with our lives in the pandemic. We begrudgingly said fucking Tom DeLonge was right. God damn it. Yeah. Pretty much, I don't think it'll be as crazy as the government or the movies make it out to be. I don't think we'd all panic or go to war. It'd be like, cool, we believe it. When have they visited us? We kind of want answers about what's going on, but I don't think we'd, you know, throw up riots and panic and just be like, fucking cool. Are we tight with them? (laughs) Interesting. No, I agree. I think I think you're right. 
But I also think that it's 50-50 when it comes to specifically like religious groups. Because right. I think that some of them are so indoctrinated that it does not matter. It, like a life form from another planet could walk in front of their face and like blast a, another human being with a laser beam and they would not believe it. Like it just is there are some people that are so, so ingrained in the right. faith and the idea of the faith that it does not matter. And I mean, we're, we're seeing it with shit now. Like we're seeing it with shit that is happening to our world that like people just do not believe the shit that is happening. Um, and that's just the way that it's going to be. And I think the other half will probably just give up on the religion because the, the idea is that God created the heavens and the earth, right? There, there's nothing in the Bible right. about alien life or whatever. So if there is aliens, then that, then, then the religion canceled. <laughs> but, and, and so it's going to be half of half people are going to have that mindset. And the other half are going to continue in their ways because they're never going to change because there's no reason to change. Right. No, I agree with, uh, no, I, I'm kind of practical Doug's more along that lines of it. It definitely will call into question our reality because our right. reality is day-to-day -day life is rooted in the fact that there's no aliens here around us that we know of, mm -hmm. right? They just, you know, I know there's shape-shifting lizards, but whatever. Um, they were here already. They were already here. But the idea that, um, Definitive proof, you know, that they're, they're, call it some, and it's not something like, oh, there was a UFO. It's like something definitive. They make contact with us. We make contact with them, whatever. There's some sort of like, holy shit, there's another life that exists outside our normal boundaries of existence. It would, I think, profoundly affect the way we go about our day to day life in the sense of we're not alone. Um, Jared brought it up. Can we fuck them? You know, like is <laughs> you know, is is there weaponry? Is, are there resources? Mm -hmm. Is there information? Is there are they enemies? Are they friendly? What more can we learn? Is there space aids? There's so much yeah. to cover here, mm -hmm. and religion I yeah. think is a big part of that too, because that's always what I've called into question. Because yeah. someone would take some passages and mold it into like Jesus talked about this too. You know, it would somehow someone would try yeah. to stitch something together to make it account for that. But in general, I feel like it would shake us to our very foundations of, yeah, we are not the only intelligent. I mean, or whatever take intelligent out there. We're not the only living creatures in our, in the universe that we know of. And I think yeah. it, that shakes us it, to me. That's a, why do I need to go into work tomorrow? Because fundamentally in my existence, it's only been humans and what we know on this planet. And now there's something completely different. Why should I go into work and work in my cubicle tomorrow? Like, why should I do yeah. anything? It's going to give me pause. I, I think that, I think that, so there are actually some like cults out there and stuff that literally just teach the Bible, but under the pretense that God is an alien and like that should exist. I mean, people, mm -hmm. they'll be like, I'm right. Yes. But um, no, I mean, I think that's, I, I don't think that generally, especially with like, as we are getting into the newer generations and stuff, they're that nihilistic. I, I think that it's, that it's truly like people don't give a fuck anyway already. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as Wolf where I don't think it's going to be like mass panic. I don't think everybody's just going to up and like be like existence is, is meaningless because 
our existence is meaningless because half the population already thinks that it's just (laughs) we but we exist and we still want to enjoy our existence like you know some people might have extreme reactions but i think for the most part assuming that whatever happens is not like we're attacking rip is like it's gonna be fine because in all likelihood whatever alien contact we get is like radio waves from billions of light years away that have been traveling for billions of years and they are and like it's going to take billions of years for them to get back to us like again. And like, we're, we're never going to make contact with them ever again because, you know, based on our understanding of physics and stuff, it's like space travel isn't possible. And from our understanding of physics and just like the way that theoretical space confrontation works is yeah. If we ever go to war with somebody in space, somebody's going to lose and somebody's going to win or they're going to destroy themselves. <laughs> and it's like the end neither actual planet will suffer any of the consequences. They're just going to send armies into space. They'll meet each other and blow each other up. Uh, And so it's just like a, it's just a weird, like, it's a weird question. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it necessarily will turn people nihilistic, but I do think it'll cause people to sort of like how the pandemic I feel like has re- forced people to reevaluate yeah. their day-to-day lives and what really matters. I think this would be a similar event of like wait a minute. You're telling me there's another form of life out there that may be as intelligent as us that exists and you're telling me we could potentially it's it's life-changing. It's literally a life-changing mm-hmm. moment yeah. in that if it's something where maybe it's a cool, we'll go our separate ways, but we still know, or it's, we befriend them and maybe together, maybe they're less advanced as uh, as us. And we teach them things. And now we have a partner. We haven't, we haven't, if we have a a galactic ally or we don't like them and we start to have tensions, it changes. Does that unify us as a people, as a species? Is this, is this like Watchmen where we need something like this to unify us? Because I argue that humans united are one of the most terrifying forces in the universe. We're basically like the orcs of Warhammer 40k. When we get all together <laughs> under one banner, we create a wah that is unstoppable. Imagine what we could do if this planet united. We were all on the same yeah. page working together. That is horrifying to anyone else in the universe. We would be unbelievable. <laughs> For sure. No, and that's like, I, I fully think that that would probably be the case. I think that a vast majority of people would like would be like, okay, shit, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I think that life would, would certainly go on, but we'd adjust and, uh, but there would still be stinkers. <laughs> of course, there's always going to be stinkers. I mean, fuck, I don't even know if, if I would reconsider like right. <laughs> religion based on if aliens showed up today well, yeah. just because of like how i was raised it's just mm-hmm. like that shit I, is so buried into my brain that i don't know there's there is a world where i can think that like an afterlife or whatever doesn't exist yeah it's just you not know, possible i don't think i'd react either but i'm so like ingrained to the thought especially with some of the podcasts i listen to where they've had conversations like this I think you know one of them, um, Noah, with uh, Jesse and Hey, 
What mm-hmm. podcast are you on right now, motherfucker? <laughs> My bad. But I'm just saying there are ones out there where I've heard conversations like yeah. this where um, I will haunt your butt. Don't forget nice it. One. Oh, shit. That's a good one. Don't forget it, motherfucker. Um, but no, I don't think it, it would change things too heavily. There would be the outliers. and Yeah. Like, we might have like structural changes in religions where people are all like, we're damned now. I mean, there's uh-huh. no afterlife. What are we supposed to believe in? And then there are people who are going to make the aliens or gods. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for yeah. the most part, I think a good majority is just going to be like, as long as they're not hostile, fuck it. Sure. Yeah. And as Jerry would say, believer, as long as they're not hostile, yes, Jared say? fuck them. Fuck, it. fuck them. I'm a, I'm a, just at That's the end of the day, just le- leaving this conversation with a little bit of hope. I'm a big believer in the, uh, the great filter theory, which is the theory that no life can make it to another planet without destroying itself. Fermi and, paradox, uh, baby. And, and that is, uh, that's where I'm at. Even if, even if aliens do exist, I don't think we're ever going to meet them because I don't think any species can manage to get over itself. And the fact that we're like special or whatever, it's like, that's a human thing is, I mean, it, this we're pretty self-centered, generally speaking. All right, everybody, you heard it here. You're not special. <laughs> Eat shit. Compliments to Noah. <laughs> You're not special and we'll never see aliens. Fuck you. <laughs> and with that, let's go to our next segment. Welcome Oh boy, we're in the throwdown, ladies and gentlemen, which is uh, such a big deal. If this is your first time here, this is when we get two things that enter a ring and they fight to the death. And we have to decide who will come out as the victor. Uh, No, I think you did that incorrectly, but that's cool. He was like, (laughs) I've got two, boom, and now there's two over here. That's cool. That works. Uh, This week's throwdown... Is none other than Noah's favorite Instalock DPS Widowmaker versus Metal Gear Solid's best fan service, Quiet. It's a sniper versus sniper. <laughs> dun dun dun. All right. So uh, I would like Noah. I'd like you to break down Widowmaker and Wolf. I'd like you to break down Quiet. Both of them have their boobs out in display, so I think that's a wash. So there's that. Yeah. But uh, uh, Noah, why don't you start us off with Widowmaker? All right. So Widowmaker's powers and stats. Uh, her t- her power tier is nine A. Um, and I'm just gonna get this out the fucking way. Nine A is pretty low because ten is the lowest you can get. One oh, so, being the most powerful. So higher is. How is low is bad. High is bad. Low is good. Mm-hmm. It's like golf. Okay, yes. good to know. And 9A, but 9A, I believe, is more powerful than 9C, if I'm if I'm remembering the, the legend correctly. Oh, my um, God. Why? So 9A is on the powerful end of tier 9. Uh, her attack potency is small building level. Uh, her speed is subsonic with hypersonic reactions. Uh, her lifting strength is unknown, possibly class one, physically fought on par with Winston, monkey. Uh, <laughs> striking strength, small building class. She can destroy a building with a punch, I guess, uh, or a couple maybe. Uh, durability is small building le- level. She's taking some explosions uh, to the face. 
She's also very staminous and <laughs> has a has some range because she has a widow's kiss submachine gun rifle, which is not only an automatic assault rifle, but is also a long range sniper rifle. Um, powers and abilities include uh, the gun that I mentioned, a grappling hook that she's skilled with, as well as some she's skilled hand to hand combat. She's kind of a black widow where she like has the dance background, but also the hit serial killer background. Uh, she has enhanced senses due to her spider visor, and she also has a little uh, po- poison range mine. A venom mine. Venom mine. And she can see enemies through walls. It's a lot. She's pretty powerful. She's also very intelligent. She's, she's also very intelligent. But she's also sometimes overconfident. Uh, right. She's sometimes overconfident, can be caught off guard. And when I'm playing Overwatch... Man, these assholes don't unscope. I can just walk up to them and shoot them. They're going to keep aiming down sights. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big weakness. That is a pretty big weakness. All right, uh, Wolf, take us through Quiet, the bikini-clad sniper. First off, I got to say, Slotty, you should have went with Sniper Wolf. It's right there. Come on. <laughs> um, but boobs. But Wolf. boobs. Uh, but the boobs. Uh, but the boobs. So, Quiet... She is a female assassin uh, in Metal Gear. She her uh, power tier is eight B. Um, her classification: human assassin mercenary. Her powers: superhuman physical characteristics and regeneration. Uh, she has a parasite that allows her to regenerate from in- injuries, such as being shot multiple times or being severely burned completely. Uh, Self sustenance: she does not need to eat. But she does need water. She's part plant. Um, enhanced senses. Has highly enhanced perceptions. Uh, stealth mastery. Weapon mastery. She's a knife wielder and master sniper. Martial arts. Skilled in uh, hand-to-hand combat. Uh, longevity and invisibility. Limited intangibility. Hold on. Let me stop you there. She can go invisible? Yes. Huh. Okay. Keep going. That's fine. Uh, Limited intangibility. She can turn her body into a partially gaseous state. Uh, biological manipulation. So she has skin camouflage. Uh, and can and invisibility. And, she can <laughs> and limited compens- intangibility. Yes. Uh, she can compensate for uh, destroyed organs. Um, Metal Gear. Limited- <laughs> <laughs> She has limited flight. What? She can control the rate at which she falls. Okay, so yeah. she's like so she's like six Overwatch characters. Yeah. In one. Uh sleep manipulation via guilty butterfly, which is one of her sniper rifles. We'll get to that. Um resistance to pain. She's been unfazed by being submerged in chlorine gla- gas, electrocuted, being in a burning building shot repeatedly. Her attack potency is a city block level. Uh, Revolver Ocelot stated that she could have killed everyone on Mother Base, including uh, Big Boss. Uh, her speed is supersonic with high hypersonic combat speed and massively hypersonic reactions. It's very fast. <laughs> Lifting strength class M was able to throw Big Boss across the room. Casually lifted two grown men with one hand each. Striking strength, city block class, durability. She was uh, only knocked out after being hit by a 125 millimeter shell. From what? Um, From what, Wolf's lore? 
<laughs> I wanted to fucking skip it. Doug. What is it? What for the 125 millimeter shell from what? Uh, from a TT77, uh, no so rog. Okay. Which is like a cannon. Good to know. Good to and know. Artillery. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So, All right. so she can take a TIG missile and Widowmaker just has a sniper rifle. She wins. Her standard equipment is a uh, combat knife and sniper rifles. The Wicked Butterfly, which is a uh, Renov uh, IKX. Uh, okay, you don't have to do the rifle. serial numbers on these. That's good. We're good. We're good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, the Sinful Butterfly, it's a, a sniper rifle that uses special hand-loaded ammunition packed with the maximum amount of gunpowder for extreme stopping power. And then the Guilty Butterfly, which fires tranquilizer rounds at subsonic speeds. <laughs> that is um, that is uh, slower than Widowmaker's reaction time. Yeah. Uh, her intelligence is gifted. There's a lot nice. of stuff about Yeah, please don't read all her. about that. We don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, Slotty. We're getting to him. What's her weakness, Wolf? Uh, wearing too much clothing causes her to suffer. <laughs> Boy, this oh, sounds geez. like oh, some uh, some some weebs just just jerk off fantasy. It's like, oh no, she can't wear too much clothes or she dies. Free the nipple. <laughs> also, she's a freshwater bitch. Saltwater burns her. <laughs> Well, I feel like there's no way that Widowmaker would ever know any of this, so she's in deep shit. So, so where this battle starts is Widowmaker and Quiet. Bleh. They're like, let's fight. Quiet goes invisible. Widowmaker goes, aha, yes, I can see invisible people. And then Widowmaker's dead. Like, <laughs> like that's how this battle, like, that's this battle. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Slotty? This is the worst. <laughs> his his point seems to be that, like, you know, one extended cuddle could totally offer, you know? But, but no, but she's her, her skin is resistant to tanks. It doesn't matter if she's not wearing any clothes. She can take a tank missile naked. No, but but if she has too much clothes on, she dies. She suffocates. So what? Widowmaker's going to come in with a jacket? Like, is, it's prepped? Widowmaker hardly wears anything, too. Why, See, here's what, she's not going to have anything. Here's what the, the teenagers want. Widowmaker goes, she figures it out, and Widowmaker slowly unzips her uniform. It takes off her boots and everything and finds a way to run around naked and then put them on and wrestle with quiet because right. she can see her invisible, right. you know? For sure. Yeah. So this is interesting because Widowmaker is slower than quiet. So that still wouldn't happen because her reaction speed is twice Widowmaker's. Yeah. And in what way would she ever know that her weakness is clothes? You know, there's no way she would ever know that. Yeah, there's no way to figure that out. Like most Metal Gear games, you have to figure out what the what the deal is with the bosses. Um, also, Widowmaker's uh, canon last name is LaCroix, and uh, that is the inferior sparkling water. So, and that's because she is a drink of water. I think um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna battle on Widow's behalf. Like it's I already have malice towards that character. <laughs> like. <laughs> versus a character that is just objectively stronger. <laughs> All right. With Sniper Wolf Slot. <laughs> so it sounds like we've got ourselves uh, quiet for the win. 
<laughs> da, 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 da. Well, I thought that was fun. That was really cool. My best <laughs> was, was watching was Wolf read that out and watching Noah slowly, bit by bit, lose his mind. That was that was probably the best part of all of that. So thank you so much. Wow, what an episode, you guys. This was so much fun. Um, now we're on to recommendations. Uh, Wolf, we're going to start with you. What would you, first of all, remind people where they can find you uh, if they want to follow you. And then uh, what do you want to recommend to folks this week? You can find me pretty much anywhere, including Twitch as uh, Wolf Slore. I'm doing all sorts of great things. Just to celebrate this win, we might do some Metal Gear Solid Five. There we Seek go. In action. <laughs> um, uh, I've been. I actually just finished watching Peacemaker, and God, that show is so much fucking fun. It's very good. Very I need to fun. check that out. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, that opening too. I'm learning to dance to it. It's very good. It's a very John good. Cena, very, very, very charismatic man. I love it. Very good. Noah, where can people find you, and what do you got to recommend? Well, like I said before, you can find me at at Noah Reno on Twitter and Twitch, as well as you can follow my associate JJ Pogchamp at JJ Pogchamp sixty nine and JJ Pogchamp on TikTok. JJ Pogchamp, yeah, just at JJ Pogchamp on TikTok. Um, and I just watched, I think you should leave by Tim Robinson on Netflix. It's a super easy to watch sketch comedy show, uh, short episodes, short seasons. Very, very funny. Very, very palatable. I recommend that to anybody there. I love it. And once again, since they just wrapped up their first season, I'm going to recommend the legend of Vox Machina. Uh, such a great show. Uh, I feel like the first three episodes are a little, you're getting, you're kind of like just tickling your toes into things. And then episode four through 12, just top-notch stuff, man. It's so good. It's so fun. Um, it's got emotional moments. It's got silly moments. It's got violent moments. It's just everything wrapped up in one. Amazon Prime, support the Critical Role crew. Um, enjoy the show. It's it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, with that being said, please check out MindGap Podcast. On all social medias at MindGapPodcast. Please check us out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MindGapPodcast. Check us out where we live stream for the podcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central. And join me for Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central for the MindGap Video Game live stream. This Saturday is going to be the uh, Dungeons Dragons, the Fantasy Adventure board game. Possibly the last episode featuring Justin, Eric, Sam, and Jared. It's going to be a real hoot and a half. And uh, please don't forget to check out 2East8 at 2East8.com. Uh, 2East8 on all social medias. They've got uh, their new short uh, out right now called The Life and Debt of a Student. Liberal Arts. There major. it is. Liberal Arts major. Damn it. <laughs> I was doing so well. It's Yikes. very good. Please, everyone, go watch it. Check that out. It's very, very good. Um, and please uh, don't forget to like and subscribe for us. It means the world to us. We appreciate you. Uh, Noah, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. You're a wonderful human, and I love your hair. Doug, thank you. Wolf, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You are a wonderful human, and I love your hair. 
I appreciate you, Doug. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Slotty, thank, thank you, you for Doug. telling me I'm killing this closing. I am killing this closing. And with that said, no one and Wolf, I've already thanked you. Uh, I want to say uh, to the uh, chat, thank you. To the listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.